here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. What he did was all unrelated to me, except for the two campaign finance charges that are not criminal and shouldn't have been on there. They put that on to embarrass me. They put those two charges on to embarrass me. They're not criminal charges. What we really have here is a case of some circus freaks. Or maybe just some really bad circus magicians, because there are redeeming qualities with circus freaks. All deference to you. So when we take a look at what's happening today, it's like the bad magician that didn't do a good job of distracting you from what the other hand was doing. Like David Copperfield, you take a look at Have you figured out how he does any of it yet? Not still. I mean, the, the man's incredible, right? That is a magician. He's amazing. But what we have here are like the bad circus freak magicians. The the ones that, I, I see what you're doing right there in, in the light of day. What am I talking about? So to understand everything, everything that's happening in the news today, Trump, Cohen, Flynn, it, it's all <laughs> in the making years ago. We got to get back to the premise. And to get back to the premise, I want you to think about three names. And I want to I want you to think about Russian collusion, okay? Russian collusion. And the names are Donald Trump, Robert Mueller, Hillary Clinton. Now I want you to rank them in order of what we know, what we know, public information and and their relationship to Russian collusion. Okay? Rank them in order just based upon what is Readily, publicly available. Okay? And then I'll explain how this all comes together here momentarily. You're going, it's the premise guy. You're right. (laughs) And I'm bound to tell you that there are two sides to stories and one side to facts as well. It is your South Florida friend, Brian Mudd, in for the great one, Mark Levin. He will be back with us next week. I host a morning show, The Morning Rush, WJNO in West Palm Beach, The Brian Mudd Show, WID in Miami, Fox News guest contributor, and always a humble servant of the great one. It's an honor and a pleasure to be with you right here. And as we are getting to the premise of this thing, you got to remember... What is on the line with all these players? And the most pervasive form of bias in the media is what? It's omission. It's omission. Now, when you're ranking those three names, when you're ranking Trump, either Clinton, for that matter, and Robert Mueller, here's what we know. What happens today in this grand conversation is... All getting back to something that happened around 2009, 10, 11. Broker deal with Uranium One. See, what still has not been really disseminated, dealt with, certainly prosecuted, is what took place with the real Russian collusion. This was the brokering by Hillary Clinton, a Secretary of State, of Uranium One, the Canadian company with U.S. interest to Russia. This taking place while Bill Clinton is in Russia earning hundreds of thousands of dollars for speeches, 
Because, by God, you've seen the Clintons tour, right? I mean, who wouldn't pay them hundreds of thousands of dollars? Or, you know, maybe buy the two-for-one Groupon. They couldn't even do that. They had to cancel all their shows. So the the Clinton show, because, I mean, come on. You you, want to hear what they have to say. Who has it? I have never met a person today that didn't say, you know what I want is some more Hillary in my life. That's what I'm saying, right? So, anyway, Bill was getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars while Hillary was brokering the Uranium One deal. But who had to sign off on it? Well, you had to have all the high-level government officials. Who was FBI director at that point? Oh, that's right. It was Robert Mueller. And who was his deputy? Oh, it was James Comey. These were all players in the actual Russian collusion, the Uranium One deal. Brought to you by these same folks that were all part of the other conspiracy right around that window of time that took place in Benghazi. Remember, these are people that would find a crappy YouTube video that had been sitting out there for about a year and then use that to try to cover up tracks for a terrorist attack and the death of Americans. And then trying to ruin the life of the crappy video guy. And and this is all part of, like, the bad magician stuff they're engaged in. It's all out there in the light of day. The difference is, with your media so focused on their agenda, which is clearly not the truth, it's easy for all of these pieces to be missed. So this entire time, what's been happening here? Well, of course, the, the game was in with Hillary Clinton winning. James Comey. Certainly anticipated that was the outcome, right? That's why he came out, violated his duty as FBI director, fixed the Clinton investigation, uh, ended up saying that no reasonable person would prosecute what took place there, her crimes, and then engaged in the Steele dossier deal. And this gets back to what we found in the Nunes memo. Remember that in the grand scheme of all of these particular players, they're all co-conspirators. They're all co-conspirators. It's fascinating that even the special prosecutor is. And remember that how deep is it? Well, remember that in the Nunes memo, who are all the players? Well, it wasn't just James Comey, though he was the greatest of the grand conspirators. It was Andrew McCabe, the deputy FBI director under Comey. It was Sally Yates. It was Dana Bonetta. It was Rod Rosenstein, who's still at justice. It was Bruce Orr, who's still at justice, and his wife, who happened to be working with Fusion GPS with Christopher Steele on the Steele dossier. These are all part of the co-conspirators there. Now, you're going, okay, but still, what does this have to do with everything that is happening here today? Um, well, in the context of any bad magician, where you can see what the hand is actually doing, all of these people this entire time They've had to have a way to keep the focus and keep the interest and keep the American attention off of everything that they have done. Imagine if the media dug into all the statements of fact that came out of that Nunes memo. Imagine if they actually took the time to vet what took place with Uranium One. And day after day after day, the focus on all these names and on all these people and on all this corruption... But how do you ensure that doesn't take place? Well, we've seen how this has all played out. The entire presidency, Donald Trump has had the heat turned on because they keep what's the best way, 
What's the best way to play defense? By playing offense. So all of these grand conspirators have circled around him and creating this whole little swarm effect, keeping the media focused, keeping the leftists focused on the other hand. Even though, if you're really paying attention in the light of day, we see what these bad circus magicians have really been doing. And that takes us to where the the news cycle has advanced. This is is almost hilarity. I, I mean, this is beyond absurd. To date, here is what we have with Donald Trump. No connection to Russian collusion. Zip zero. Nada. That's the only reason that Robert Mueller was appointed as special prosecutor, right? Okay. What we have is hush money. And all roads lead back to Stormy Daniels. How does that happen, by the way? (laughs) I mean, well, and, and McDougal now as well. So everything that you hear, all this excitement and everything else, it's about hush money? Are you kidding me? It's about hush money. Not Trump-Russia collusion, but hush money. And that is supposed to be the big deal. While the media continues to bury, oh, this, that's right, that Barack Obama, his presidential campaign, had a $375,000 violation itself, which is bigger than the hush money payments we're talking about to Stormy Daniels and to McDougal. Yeah, but there might have been a violation or something. Obama, 375000 He got fined, and they got on with life. Again, there are two sides to stories. There are one side to facts. And the truth of the matter is there are so many people that were part of the deep state. There is so much that they have to lose that they are focused on you watching this hand over here, getting the media, getting the leftists all focused on it so they can cover their own butts. But for anybody who's paying attention, All you have to do is see what the other hand has been doing this entire time and where the real corruption is. Because in the order of those three, Hillary Clinton is the closest conspirator to Russia. Robert Mueller is number two. And then Donald Trump, the guy who was simply trying to do a project in Moscow, an empire with $10 billion, the Trump organization, and revenue per year. And we're to believe. That Trump-Russia collusion was because of a $250 million project in Moscow with a $50 million penthouse sweetener for Putin. And that was going to be Trump-Russia collusion? We're stuck on stupid. We're stuck on stupid, if we want to believe that. Again, uh, you know, it's what hand do you want to pay attention to? And are you more interested in the truth or are you more interested in, I don't know, Stormy Daniels? And I'm not talking about her professional content. We're getting warmed up. Got a lot more to go, including including the big bombshell over the past week that has nothing to do with any of this. It's really about the wall saving money and the caravan. So we're going to delve into that, too. I'm Brian Mudd, in for the great one. Mudd in. And as we are talking about the covering up of so many of the uh, real crimes that have taken place, going back to Uranium One with Hillary Clinton, Robert Mueller, 
James Comey as deputy FBI director. One of the big developments, of course, over the last couple of days, we found out that, oh, Flynn was set up. And the president, the uh, president was uh, speaking about this earlier on Fox News. This is uh, what he had to say. The FBI said Michael Flynn, a general and a great person, uh, they said he didn't lie. And uh, Mueller said, well, maybe he did. And uh, now they're all having a big dispute. So I think it's a great thing that the judge is looking into that situation. That's uh, it's an honor for a lot of terrific people. Okay, so what happened here is that Michael Flynn is uh, going into a conversation. He's part of the incoming administration. uh, And James Comey, FBI director, ends up having uh, some folks get together, say, hey, we're just going to talk to you about some of what's going on here. You don't need an attorney. It's like, oh, okay. It kind of makes sense, right? Because we're all going to be part of this government together. We're, We're all part of this same mission Uh, So, yeah, okay. so he goes into what ends up being a fact-finding mission to get dirt on him minus an attorney. That's the latest revelation. Now, again, why would that be so important? Well, back to what the bad magicians are doing and watching the other hand. Who had the most to lose in this entire ball of wax these days? I mean, you could argue, yes, the Clintons, if anybody Uh, decided to really prosecute and and get to the bottom of what they had been involved with. You can make the case for Mueller because, again, he was a co-conspirator in Uranium One. But the one who has the most to lose pertaining to Donald Trump is none other than that man, James Comey. James Comey not only rigged the investigation of Hillary Clinton, he then came out and violated his responsibility as FBI director, by making the case not to prosecute Hillary Clinton based upon his rigged investigation. But he then also, to cover up that entire bogus investigation, to cover up his cover-up, what did he do? Well, he was the number one co-conspirator in the entire Steele dossier, the FISA warrant request, the illegal tapping Carter Page, Trump surrogate, to get information on candidate Trump, to get information on President-elect Trump, and to get information on President Trump. All four of those FISA warrant requests were signed off on by James Comey. No other person had their fingerprints on it more than him. So who had, who had the most to lose in this entire situation? It was James Comey. He of the book that was poorly named. It would have been much better if it had been Tall, Tame, Tall Tales by James Comey. So that is why every step of the way you see him working as hard as he has, right down to what ended up leading to his ouster and the special prosecutor. Because somebody else, and this uh, I've said for a long time, and I maintain, is going to be the single most important function of Donald Trump, the president, more so than anything that happens on the Supreme Court, more than any law that gets passed. The single most important function of Donald Trump, the president, is to root out the deep state. We see at so many levels of the Justice Department, the FBI, the State Department, how pervasive the corruption really was. And when we're talking about this, when James Comey goes, who wrote who wrote the letter to the president to say fire James Comey? It was Rod Rosenstein, right? Now, what's fishy about that? 
Well, Rod Rosenstein was one of the co-conspirators. He also signed off on a FISA warrant request withholding information from the FISA court. That the, the information was based on a bogus dossier. And he also knew, Rosenstein, that one of his surrogates, Bruce Orr at the Justice Department, not only was involved, but his wife was involved in creating the dossier at Fusion GPS with Christopher Steele. And again, this is all out there. It's just that the media, once again, doesn't do anything with it. I brought it to you right here on the show on February the 2nd, the day the Nunes memo came out. We've talked about it quite a bit since. Media wants to focus on what the leftists want to focus on. And it keeps the attention off of James Comey and Rod Rosenstein. But you can see exactly how this happens. So Rosenstein ends up sending the letter to the president. The president fires Comey. That triggers the special prosecutor, and it gets Mueller involved, who also had something to lose if we got to the bottom of what really happened. Again, going all the way back to the real Russian collusion, Uranium One. Fascinating how a plan comes together. Look, I give them credit for the craftiness, but still the most outrageous part of this entire deal. Look who's still at the Justice Department. It's amazing. We still have two co-conspirators in the federal government. We still had Rod Rosenstein and Bruce Orr. I mean, that's a pretty sweet gig if you can get it, right? I mean, that level of corruption, this kind of orchestrated plan, and you're still there. And by the way, guess who one of the attorneys for James Comey was at the hearing that he stonewalled last Friday? Oh, that's right, an attorney from the Justice Department. Isn't that convenient? Two sides to stories, one side to facts. What's the other hand doing? We'll continue to bring you the truth. I'm Brian Mudd, and for the great one, Mark Levin. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. It is Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. And the holidays here, time for family. Definitely time to be thankful. Holy cow, do we have a lot to be thankful for this year. We have the best economic growth in 13 years, best year-over-year increase in net take-home pay, 32 years. During the course of the year, we've hit record low unemployment for black adults, for Hispanics, for Native Americans, and there's one, foreign-born adults, uh, for women. I, I mean, there's a lot to be thankful for here. But also, you got the evildoers, and the evildoers are everywhere. And you know that when it comes to the evildoers and scamming, it gets worse every year. Uh, more pervasive, they get more crafty, and what are they trying to do? Well, they're trying to get to your money. So from fake charities to package delivery scams, identity theft, 
you know you always have to be aware. So this year, don't let the holiday spirit keep uh, keep you, you know, from we were talking about the magicians, right? What's the other hand doing? Be careful. Don't let the scammers get you by by keeping your, your focus somewhere else. Instead, you want the best. You want my ID care. Now, identity protection services are not equal. My ID care been taking care of Fortune 500 companies for years. And now... They're offering identity protection to everyone. So you make sure your entire family is covered from Tri-Bureau credit monitoring to dark web scanning. My ID Care offers a money-back recovery guarantee. Plan start for less than 10 bucks per month. So don't worry about identity theft anymore. Enjoy your holidays. Enjoy your family. And have peace of mind for My ID Care. March listeners get 15% off right now at MyIDCare.com slash Mark. Promo code Mark. Learn more. And then let My ID Care take care of you. Again, myidcare.com slash Mark. The promo code is Mark. Myidcare.com slash Mark. I never directed him to do anything wrong. Whatever he did, he did on his own. He's a lawyer. A lawyer who represents a client is supposed to do the right thing. That's why you pay them a lot of money, et cetera, et cetera. He is a lawyer. He represents a client. I never directed him to do anything incorrect or wrong. Okay, so the hush money payments, that's where we are. We started off with Robert Mueller and his entire uh, campaign to find Trump-Russia collusion. And what we have found to date is hush money. That's the conversation we're actually having. And the one thing that has been proven throughout all of this is what? Well, thus far that Michael Cohen is a liar. He's a convicted liar. That's where we stand with this man. So, yeah, anyone doubt? That indeed, Donald Trump wanted uh, this entire situation to go away, the hush money? Yeah, pretty clear, right? Now, in the grand scheme of what Michael Cohen uh, did as a Boy Scout, as he was saying that he was such a good man, he had the, the most noble of intents. He was uh, the, the attorney among attorneys in this country until the hateful Donald Trump got a hold of him and he corrupted his soul. He took him to the dark side. Oh. Poor Michael Cohen. The, Michael, the best part about it, about it is, uh, how long ago was it that he, oh, yeah, I'll take a bullet for that guy. <laughs> I mean, holy cow. That's the last bodyguard you want. That's the bodyguard that goes, holy crap, there's somebody with a gun and, and runs off. You know what? Yeah, no, the, the dude just ran away. I mean, uh, and so again, Michael Cohen in the grand scheme of this, small potatoes. If you want to know what's real and what isn't, you got to get back to the premise. And again, the premise is all of these players, Robert Mueller, James Comey, Rod Rosenstein, Bruce Orr, just for starters, all have something to lose because they all were conspirators in crimes themselves. Something a whole heck of a lot worse than McDougal or Stormy Daniels hush money. Two sides to stories. One side to facts. And I say again, uh, if you want the real information, you can always go get my 30-count indictment. If you search for it, you will find it. Uh, it uh, you know, did it on the show February 2nd, and uh, it's readily available online. By the way, you may also tweet at me at Brian Mud Radio as well, and I can get you some of the information. Now, aside from just what's taking place here and the here and now with the, the Flynn situation with uh, Comey having set him up that we've now found out. And aside from the development here with Cohen, the, the Boy Scout, 
And Manafort, who has, who knows? I mean, that, that's another guy that's hanging out there in skinny branches. And, and Donald Trump still without any Trump-Russia collusion. We still actually have a highly effective government under Donald Trump. Mention some of the, the great things that are going on in this economy. Biggest increase in net take-home pay in 32 years. The average benefit, the average benefit from the tax cut is 1800 bucks for a full-time employed person this year. And for the folks who say, I didn't get any benefit, I haven't seen it. Well, did you make any adjustments with your employer? Because last I saw, over 30 million Americans had not. And yeah, that'll be reconciled when you file your taxes. But it doesn't mean that you didn't get your tax cut. It just means that you didn't do anything to realize the benefit of it. And congratulations to you. You're giving the government an interest-free loan this year. But just in base salary increases, we have a 3% increase year over year. 3% increase there, $1,800 tax cut. When you put the whole ball of wax together, including bonuses, guess what? Average American is making 6.9% more net take-home pay today than a year ago today. Mentioned record low unemployment that we've hit during the course of the year with black adults, with Hispanic adults, with women. Imagine if it were anybody other than Donald Trump presiding over this economy. And what do you hear? By the folks in the godless souls and slanderous news media, well, you hear about, oh, my gosh, a recession is just around the corner. I mean, don't they hope the folks that root against the interest of this particular country, the, the folks that are more than happy to cover up and not investigate the actual conspiracy that has taken place with folks like the Clintons or Mueller or Comey or Orr or Rosenstein or Bonetta and a partridge in a pear tree. Right. Uh, so, uh, again, but that's what we're here for. So you've got to take the information. You've got to share it, and you've got to inform other people uh, because, well, the one thing that is clear is that if the mainstream news media, if the leftists had as much influence as they wish they did, Donald Trump would still not be your president. The Republicans would not have control of the Senate. And here's another little nugget for you, something else that's happened this year. Donald Trump now has 30 federal judges confirmed this year, 30 uh, so far as president inside of his first two years, more than any other modern president. So actually, Mitch McConnell, I mean, cottonmouth Mitch McConnell, who inspires no confidence ever, really has been doing a pretty good job behind the scenes, uh, despite the uh, the flake that's out there has been trying to uh, slow down the process. All right, let's go to Richard in Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh, Kansas. Richard, go. Yeah, how are you today? All good. All right, great. Yeah, I was calling in regards to, you know, what you've been talking about having to do with, uh, you know, this, for lack of a better word, witch hunt going on with the president. Because, you know, the average person out here in the middle of the United States realizes this is a joke. I mean, they're wasting our tax dollars left and right pursuing something to begin with, you know, that really doesn't have any substance to it. Uh, And you also mentioned about, uh, you know, General Flynn. You know, anyone that suspected they were going to later have to face the music as to what they said and, and, you know, in a discussion with the FBI, would expect to be able to have a lawyer there. So if they were going to question you in regards to something, you know, it, it only makes sense that they would at least tell you that you needed to have a lawyer there to give you advice in regards well, sure. to 
Because you're you're 100 right, Richard. I mean, it, what it tells you is that ultimately he he was made to believe th- this isn't really a questioning about you. You know, we're we're just trying to put all the pieces together. You know, here's what we've been working on, and you can see the intent, right? If you are General Flynn, you're part of this incoming. Uh, administration here you have the fbi director if he is advising you oh yeah you know you're fine you don't need an attorney you, you might have your guard down because you actually think he might be yeah i don't know honest <laughs> right and it lends itself in my viewpoint to their intent of setting him up to begin with hoping that he would you know say something they could use against him or not necessarily the people doing the interview with him but the people that's sitting there at least so sure Sure. I appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for being there. Appreciate you listening. Uh, You know, a couple things here, too. And when it comes to any of these folks, when it comes to to Flynn, when it comes to Cohen, when it comes to Manafort, you know, I don't have sympathy to the extent that they've had problems for things they've legitimately done that have been wrong. Yeah, I mean, you know, yes, they are collateral damage to the Mueller investigation of the president? And would any of them be in jeopardy of any sort, most likely, if it weren't for the special prosecutor? Well, no. But that still doesn't make it okay. You know, I I don't believe that as long as it suits your political interest, it's okay if somebody does something wrong. Like, they, they have problems because they did things that were wrong. You don't want problems? Don't do bad things. Uh, so that I have no problem with them uh, dealing with the consequences, including even Flynn, for the extent that there were things that should not have happened. But that doesn't still take us to a point of Trump-Russia collusion, which is the entire point. And again, about the bad magician. They keep trying to move the ball, right? The only purpose of this prosecutor was to find Trump-Russia collusion. And what we have found now is Stormy Daniels' hush money. McDougal hush money that in a campaign violation maybe maybe that's as much as we've gotten to date i mean seriously the conversation is borderline absurd at that point uh let's go to sean in california sean go yes thank you for taking my call about calling you know if he is completely lying about this whole russia Uh, uh, investigation, and, and you're saying that he's a liar. Okay, I'm fascinated to hear how how I'm lying about it. You know, the one question I have to ask: back in uh, July of uh, 2015, Donald Trump had a opportunity to ask questions from interviewers at the Freedom Fest. His first question that he asked was from the person who was given a guilty plea today in Maria. Uh, I think it's a Butina. Okay. Who asked about Russian sanctions? How is it that the very first question asked in this huge event is by this spy? Why would Trump ask this spy a question? That's my first question to you. Well, okay, so now you're really working on an interesting conspiracy game here because if you're talking about Trump and Russian interest, we know what the Russian interest is. The Russian interest, it was a Trump Tower project, right? And the entire project was $250 million. There was a $50 million sweetener in there 
for Putin, for the Russian government. That is the extent of what had been in the works. And we now know that he was pursuing that business interest while he was in the Republican primary, which probably was not a smart idea. But as he pointed out, he was going to continue to run his business if he didn't win. And when did it stop? Well, it stopped about the time that he was going to become the Republican nominee for president. So to try to to head down that path is borderline laughable. See, this is where, you know, it's trying to move the ball. If you want to have these conversations, you know, here is ultimately where the question lies, because there are all kinds of things that you can get into rabbit holes and be conspiratorial. But here's a fact for you. And it goes back between before the 2013 situation in 2011. Did we have a broker transaction by the State Department signed off on by the FBI, among other top officials uh, that ended up selling uranium from Canada and the United States to Russia? The answer is yes. Who was the broker of that deal, the primary? It was Hillary Clinton. What was Bill Clinton doing at that moment in time? Well, he was getting hundreds of thousands of dollars per speech paid by the Russian government and Russian officials associated, the oligarchs, with Putin uh, to the Clinton Foundation. Those are all facts. No rabbit holes, no conspiracy theories. That is all known. Then you take a look at what ended up transpiring not too long after that. Uh, from Benghazi right on through to Comey and the investigation of Hillary Clinton that he ended up covering up and abusing his status as FBI director. And Comey also happened to be deputy and was aware of the Uranium One under Mueller. They all had a lot to lose. Those are not conspiracies. Those are known facts. And I like sticking with those. And we're going to have more of them coming up next. I'm Brian Mudd, and for the great one. Mud Lovin. The great one, Mark Levin. Now, without a doubt, you've heard by now the huge news. CRTV and the Blaze, boom. One big ball of amazing Blaze media. They're together. And the, the liberal media, I, I mean, come on, fake news. <laughs> it, it, it's dying. It, it's dying a, a fast and rapid death, as it should. As I pointed out, if the mainstream media had the kind of influence that they once did, that they wish they still did, is there any way that Donald Trump is president of the United States, for example? So it's ideologically driven. It's why you don't get the the facts about, well, I don't know, Mueller, Clinton, Comey, or all this. It's just, it's funny news. You know, they're trying to kill the debate of ideas. And with Blaze Media, well, I mean, this is where everything comes together to expand the thought, to to put real news, real information in front of you. So here's the deal. Mark's listeners, you get a you get a small gift this Christmas season. They're making it super, super affordable to sign up for Blaze TV. Right now, you can get an entire year of Blaze TV for only six fifty eight a month. All you gotta do is use promo code Levin Christmas. That's promo code Levin Christmas. Christmas. So go to LevinTV.com or call 844-LEVIN-TV. That's 844-LEVIN-TV. They took a general that they said didn't lie and they convinced him he did lie and he made some kind of a deal. And now they're recommending no time. You know why? Because they're embarrassed that they got caught. Yeah. And speaking about deception and speaking about lies, there's something else that's kind of a big one. And it has to do with the border. Here's the truth about border walls. 
as we are going to begin to give you a little bit of insight about what's real and what isn't on this shell game that the the, uh, Democrats and the libs and the media are playing. So while Trump is continuing to fight for that promised border wall of his, lest we forget, none other than Chuck Schumer, Hillary Clinton, and Barack Obama actually voted for it when they were in the Senate in 2006. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. Back in 2006, a border wall was not controversial. That is how far to the left Democrats have moved. And we're not talking about the the Bernie Sanders wing, the the Cortez wing. We're, We're talking about Chuck Schumer, his faction. They've moved so far left that in 2006, they voted for border wall funding. And now it's a non-starter. Now, you would think, based upon media coverage, that in the grand scheme of countries have border walls. What do you think? I mean, you you know Israel has one, right? Which also kind of illustrates how well they work. What about others? China, we got the Great Wall. Okay. So what do you think? How many how many countries all in? You know, three, maybe five, maybe seven countries. Seven countries you think have border walls? Actually, take seven, multiply it by eleven. Yeah, you you got seventy seven countries with border walls around the world. Surprised? Now, what's more is how rapidly they've been built in recent years. You go back to just ninety. Just 90, and only 15 countries had them. 62 countries have added border walls since 1990. Now, what does that tell you? Not just here, not just problems at our southern border. Uh Uh-uh. You got problems all around the world. Now, we see a lot of it. We don't necessarily see the border walls. And to the extent that you've had a lot of the immigration problems, that's actually been the doing of European governments that have opened that door. And they're... Beautiful walls, as the case may be. So coming up, I'm going to share a little information with you about some of the countries, some of those 77 that have border walls, and also, once again, how our border wall could pay for itself inside of a year. We'll get warmed up on that and share that big story with you next. I'm Brian Mudd, in for the great one, Mark Levin. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. 
deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. That, and they're going down to Mexico to make cars. Now, the New Deal, the USMCA that I made, mm-hmm. really makes it very uncomfortable for people to go out of the country, and it will be very uncomfortable for them. I think she's making a big mistake. They've changed the whole model of General Motors. They're going to all electric. All electric's not going to work. All right, so clearly the uh, president not going to let up on GM anytime soon. But then again, you know, they did end up receiving how much of a taxpayer benefit coming out of the bankruptcy and then also all the subsidizing of the electric cars. So, you know, there's a case to be made. But let me just give you, you know, a little bit of a scenario here for a moment. Let's say that uh, your core responsibility is uh, being a, a dishwasher and you wash dishes and you decide, you know what? I am, rather than going to wash dishes, I'm going to eat and, and make dishes dirty. And then I'm just going to set them there and, uh, you know, and they will, they, I will contribute to the dishes that are going to be washed. Do you think you would maintain a job for long as a dishwasher if you were simply creating additional dirty plates? Well, the, the answer I, I would think would probably be no, right? Because we have to have clean dishes to be able to, uh, you know, be able to serve more customers. Now, anybody know, just Kind of curious here for a second. What is the one thing? Well, what is the one non-negotiable with the federal government? Give you a second to think about it. Do, 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 do. One non-negotiable. The only thing that without, without fail must be provided by your federal government. You got it? Okay. Security. The only mandated task of your federal government. The only thing that is a non-negotiable. It's defense. It's defense. Everything else, well, that is electable. See, uh, you know, inconvenient truth here. Inconvenient truth. That part of the reason we didn't have a permanent income tax until the 16th Amendment in 1913. You think about how long we were existing as a country, everything that took place. We didn't have a permanent income tax until 1913. How did that happen? How did this country come together without, oh, that's right. Federal government didn't do a bunch of crap for a bunch of people. You didn't have a bunch of people at the federal government that were sitting there and actually creating more dirty dishes, expecting somebody else to clean it up when it was their job to do the dishes. It is uh, your South Florida friend, by the way, Brian Mudd. I uh, do a morning show, Morning Rush, WJNO in West Palm Beach. Host the Brian Mudd Show shortly thereafter, WIOD in Miami, uh, Fox News guest contributor, and always an honor and a pleasure to be with you. And uh, the great one, Mark Levin, will be back with all of us next week. Now, where am I going with all this? Just before the break, the end of last hour, it's talking about border walls and how many there actually are. See, that we're even having a conversation about security. Something that Democrats, as recently as 2006, voted for, including Chuck Schumer himself, along with Hillary Clinton, along with Barack Obama, border wall funding. That we're even having this conversation is the dishwasher deciding they're going to make more dishes messy rather than actually clean them. Because they don't have a, that's the one thing, the one thing they are tasked with doing. Everything else is electable. In our federal government. Now, when you take a look at the border wall countries, 77 around the world, 
we are far from the only country that has a border wall of any sort. In 62 of those countries where border walls have added them since 1990. Why? Well, because there are more problems around the world. So what does that really tell you? tells you that there's an emergency situation been breaking up all over the place, right? There's a real need worldwide, not just here. Now, it's also clear that from the Democratic Party of today, and by extension, the friends in the news media, they do care more about politics than safety. They care more about politics than transparency. They care more about politics than integrity in the process. They care more about politics than doing their constitutionally mandated responsibility. How else are we having this conversation? See, this is not an honest disagreement in the arena of ideas. This is absolute political deception. It's hypocrisy. And just for the sake of fun, because the president likes to tweet about the Great Wall of China, you might think that in the grand scheme of these 77 countries that have border walls, I mean, surely the Great Wall of China, that's the most significant, right? Well, I mean, heck, you know, it's, it's done pretty well. It's still there, right? But it's not. Not by a long shot. Actually, one of their neighbors, India. Yeah, India has a wall which isn't just bigger. Get this. One of their walls that's still under construction is more than twice the length of the Great Wall of China. And India's other border wall is also longer than the Great Wall. Oh, so is Turkey's and the Ukraine's. I'm sure you've been informed about all this in news media, right? Oh, and, and did you know that Austria, that Greece, that Ireland, Norway, yes, Norway with the border wall. Oh, did, did, did you know Spain has a border wall? How about the French, French, Emmanuel Macron, one day uh, tax on that croissant? Maybe we'll burn something in honor of it. I mean, yes, even the French, the, the problems they have because they invited people in. So... Those countries are all among the 77 that have border walls. Once again, you have two sides to stories and one side, two facts. And it's about time you heard the truth about border walls. And we, if we're having a conversation about national security, we're frankly having a conversation that's based on a false premise. Because that's the non-negotiable. And given that as recently as 2006, Democrats agreed with us. Democrats, including Chuck Schumer, agreed with this. Again, all you need to know, how have politics drifted in this country in 12 years? Well, here you go. 12 years ago, they vote for it. Today, we can't even have a conversation. We'll have the government shut down. We'll shut down the government. Now, about that, I'm going to tee that up here in a little bit and give you the truth about partial government shutdowns and what a ruse that whole deal is and why I just might be rooting on our Partial government shutdown for the holidays. Uh, because, once again, two sides of stories, one side of facts. It's how much of the government never shuts down. That's the real story there. Now, I teed up last Friday some of the information about the census bombshell that we got last week. As we're talking about the border wall. Because, remember, it's about the money. It's about the money. It's about the money. Well, we just cannot allocate the money this way. Now, the president actually got creative, and he said, hey, we got the new USMCA, and and that's going to end up having Mexico pay for the border wall because we have a better trade deal with them, which, in a way, maybe he can make a case. We'll see how that all plays out if everything gets ratified. But in terms of just what we know, based on the information from the Center of Immigration Studies last week, the bombshell out of census data that paints a picture of what really goes on 
with the, our money. I want you to think about this for a moment. Do you like financial fraud being committed against you? Do you like working and, and then having people steal from you? Now, here is what happens. Anyone, anyone who is not legally entitled to government assistance is stealing from you. Now, if you're a leftist, if you're a Marxist, and and you're like, hey, but my politics, you know what? It doesn't matter. You're still being defrauded. Now, maybe you like being defrauded. Maybe you like going up to criminals and saying, all right, hey, I got something for you. Take it. That's your business. But I can tell you I don't. And here is what we found out from the Center of Immigration Studies. Again, that's 63% of households headed by a non-citizen use a minimum of one welfare program. 63%. And the other alarming information in here among 18 pages of really like, holy crap kind of stuff about financial fraud committed against you and me is that, uh, well, take, for example, people that stay here longer. So if we have someone who enters this country illegally, they find their way onto government assistance. I mean, naturally, over the course of time, they get their feet uh, under them. And, uh, yeah, they might be kind of in the shadows, but they're they're still doing better and they get off the – no. The use for non-citizens, which includes some illegals, many – I think about half of them were, uh, and half were not, but none entitled to government assistance programs, you had 50% use. I have a minimum of one welfare program for those that were here under 10 years. But for those over, over 10, did it drop? Oh, it went up to over 70%. So the longer someone is here that is abusing a government assistance program, the more likely they are to be on one or more. And among the types of programs, again, that are being used improperly, financial welfare, housing, Medicaid, SNAP, WIC, school lunch program. How often do we have conversations? And many of these not at the federal level, right? How often in your state, where you are, do we have a conversation about affordable housing? What about Medicaid in your state? You hear about shortfalls in Medicaid? How about school lunch program? You have your local school district that's say we don't have enough money for our schools? How much money is being defrauded? being directed to people that are not even eligible for these assistance programs. Financial fraud being committed against all of us. So the all-in number from all of that financial fraud, about $5,700 per person per year. And with the number of folks that are receiving it, the estimated annual abuse is just under $27 billion. Now, what is the all-in estimated cost of the border wall is around $25 billion, right? So while you you can't simply get from here to there, you could make a case that by simply addressing illegal immigration, by addressing abuse by those who are not supposed to be receiving, non-citizens that are not supposed to be on uh, these government assistance programs, that you could actually pay for the border wall inside of one year. And all the government has to do is what it's mandated to do by your United States Constitution. And... The other funny thing is, what ultimately, what ultimately do we have if we don't have security? But it's fascinating when you have people that are more interested in the political party than they are security. But I bet you, I bet you, if you dropped folks that are on the other side of the border wall right now, say on the border wall of Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer's estate, maybe then, 
maybe then they'd have a change of heart. I'm Brian Mutt, in for the great one. Mutt Lovin. before Christmas that she's going to close in Ohio and Michigan. Not acceptable to me. And she's either going to open fast or somebody else is going to go in. But General Motors is not going to be treated well. Well, the president's still hammering away on GM and uh, upset that they're talking about continuing the manufacturing in Mexico and and overseas as well, but closing these plants and uh, have been talking about the border wall and a couple of different aspects. First, that there are 77, yes, 77 countries that have a border wall. So it's far from anomalous. Also, uh, obviously, there has been a growing threat, a crashing of the border around the world because 62 of those border walls have been built since 1990. But once again, the most pervasive form of bias in media, yeah, it, it is omission. Now, something else that is different but related here. A brilliant, brilliant uh, piece in the New York Post yesterday. Headline, what's immoral about caring for America's poor first? And, and here's the thing. I mean, I mean, I would say to you that the moral thing to do is to care for needy Americans. Because remember, the, the leftist idea here is that for so many of these folks, I mean, well, look at them. You know, they're impoverished or whatever else. Now, never mind. Uh, and I've shared this information with you on the show on a couple of different occasions. You can always go search for my story, uh, the uh, Caravan Exposed, the Honduran Caravan Exposed. You search Brian Mudd and, and for that headline, you will find it. But they're a fraud. The entire caravan was a fraud. It was bought and paid for by Pueblos and Fronteras, a front organization uh, that stands for Open Borders, and they fundraise for months, for months, top to bottom in California, San Francisco to San Diego, all over. And once they raised the money they needed, they went to Honduras, and then they recruited people. And that's where this whole thing got started. And previous caravans were also bought and paid for by Yes Pueblos and Fronteras. So the entire thing is a fraud. And then you get these... uh, (laughs) I mean, uh, th- these characters. I can only imagine yesterday uh, being being at, uh, or I guess it was maybe two days ago, being at the uh, Tijuana consulate where you have the organizer that comes to you with a issue, issue demands from his constituents in the caravan. So you have one of the caravan leaders <clears throat> saying, all right, here's the way this is going to go. You grant us asylum. Or you pay us fifty thousand dollars each, that and we go home. That's it. Those are our demands. You imagine being at the U.S. consulate on the receiving end of that, just to show you what a freaking joke these people are. Again, the fraud that is Pueblo San Fronteras. But again, I mean they're they're needy, right? That's what we're always told. Well, again, back to this New York Post piece. I've always thought that not taking care of Americans would, would be. Uh, you know, a, a not very compassionate thing, especially when we're taking a look at other countries. So an excerpt from the story. Congressional Democrats are butting heads with President Donald Trump over his demand for $5 billion to continue building a wall along the southern border. Representative Nancy Pelosi vows not $1 will go for a wall. She calls the idea of a wall immoral. Not building the wall is what's truly immoral. Allowing destitute, uneducated people 
with limited job prospects to flood across the southern border into the United States, forces taxpayers here to toil longer and pay more in taxes to feed and house them, accommodate their children in public schools, and pay for their medical care. Thank you! Once again, back to what I was sharing with you in the previous segment about all of the financial fraud committed against you by people who are not legally entitled to those programs. So, she continues, Americans are already maxed out caring for our own needy, including the homeless, sprawled on city streets. This nation has 40 million in poverty, one out of every eight people, and one out of every six children. Ding, ding, and ding, she Nailed it. Well done. And here's the thing. Uh, first, thank you, New York Post, because for years, at least 15 that I can remember, I've talked about this issue, not obviously specific to Trump's border wall, but I just generally, the idea of foreign aid. I mean, it, it drives me nuts. What do we get for it? Last year, we paid out over $50 billion in foreign aid. How much accountability is there for that? What, what can we point to? The border wall, again, is $25 billion, all right? So $50 billion in foreign aid, including over a billion dollars to the Honduran government. And all he got was this crappy caravan making requests at our southern border for $50,000 each? I mean, but that is only scratching the surface because that foreign aid does not, does not include our military presence. And here's one that might blow your mind. How many countries do you think... We have some type of military presence in right now. Got a number in mind. You ready? 150. 150. So we give out $50 billion in aid plus, and we have military presence in 150 countries. And a lot of those countries essentially use us as their de facto defense department. And what do we get for all this once again? Meanwhile, here we are, country with 40 million in poverty, 21 trillion in debt, and we're supposed to take care of people who come and crash our border and demand for $50,000 each? That's what's compassionate? Are we having a serious conversation here? Yeah, we, we will. We'll talk reality. Next, I'm Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, that's BrickhouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. 
Radio Free America on The Mark Levin Show. Call now, 877-381-3811. It is Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. Now, I mean, come on, some things are are just ridiculous, and uh, this borders on the ridiculous. Doing something that is completely against your values because you think you need to, and and that's the best deal and everything else. No, that that is fake news. What am I talking about? Well, wouldn't you pay your hard-earned money to join an organization that fought against your interests, that fought for government-run health care? What about an organization that actually scripted Parts of White House speeches behind closed doors to make sure the Affordable Care Act got passed. Will you stand with an organization that has stood against the tax cuts for middle class Americans, for small business centers, for you? Why would you do that? I mean, that's crazy. So don't join AARP. Instead, join AMAC, the conservative alternative. Not only. Do they offer great benefits? But they fight for your values. AMAC offers an alternative to every benefit, just about every one of them, that AARP does, but without their liberal agenda. Become an AMAC member right now at amac.us. It's amac.us. Wouldn't you rather belong to an organization that fights for your values, like protecting our borders, what we've been talking about here, enforcing common sense immigration laws? supporting small businesses, and standing up for your individual God-given freedoms rather than somebody who fights against them. And you go, yeah, but the benefits and AMAC. AMAC. Just listen to me, AMAC. Go right now. Go as soon as you can to amac.us. AMAC is better. It's better for you, and it's better for America. He did some bad things unrelated to me, maybe related to his other clients. I wasn't his only client. He had other clients. He did some bad things. And income tax evasion, I heard about taxi cab, I heard about a lot of things. Now, I'm not reading about any of that stuff, because what he did is he made a deal to embarrass me. In order to embarrass me, they cut his, his term down. Uh, of course, the president talking Fox News today uh, about Cohen and uh, no, but but Cohen he, he told us he was a patron saint. Uh, the only way he ever ever uh, thought about uh, doing anything that was improper uh, w- w- was once he was brought to the dark side by Donald Trump. So I mean, uh, I, I don't know he, the, the taxi medallion stuff, the the you know line under oath to pretty much ever. I mean, it, it never would have happened. If he hadn't been corrupted by Donald Trump, may God bless the, the, the wonderful man that is Michael Cohen. And he's hilarious, by the way. You, you realize what we've got. It's like the Comey Show Part 2, only with Cohen. It's kind of like the poor man's Comey Show, right? So you had the Comey Show, and when Tall Tales by James Comey holds up his hand and, and does all of his stuff, and then he lies, well... <laughs> He's, he's the better one, you know. We had the whole line Ted routine. Just thinking about James Comey holding up his hand and, and Donald Trump going, and he lies. Uh, well, anyway, so James Comey, of course, was a hero when he first came out and exonerated Hillary Clinton. Then uh, he was uh, the enemy when he ended up coming out right before the election and saying, hey, uh, but uh, Wienergate. And then he was kind of tolerated when a couple days later he came out and said, eh, just kidding. And then he ended up becoming a huge, huge hero 
of media and the left the moment that he ended up taking on Donald Trump. And, uh, well, don't we have a similar thing here with with Michael Cohen at this point? Uh, So the the idea pretty much is uh, Michael Cohen is, I mean, what a bad man. He's the fixer, which, by the way, if he was a fixer, he really sucked at it. You realize that? What did he actually fix? Man, he, he was uh, not, not very good at that job, apparently. But he was a bad man because he was Trump's fixer until he became a hero. It was the most predictable thing running. So now he's the honest patron saint known as Michael Cohen, who was a wonderful man who walked this planet doing daily deeds of good until the evil, the evil Donald Trump got a hold of him. And, and then, oh, I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to I mean, when you're you're. Surrounded by that kind of influence, that kind of evil. Oh. All right. We've been talking about uh, border wall and 77 countries. 77 countries have one. You just don't have your news media that informs you of these things. And uh, let's go to Jerry in Boise, Idaho. Jerry, go. Yeah, hi. Uh, can you hear me okay? Yeah, we've got you. Great. Uh, I uh, was in the Army in 1970-71 uh, and was stationed for 14 months in uh, Berlin, Germany with the wall. And I was part of a group that uh, would patrol the wall on a daily basis. During that entire 14 months, there was only one person that uh, crossed over from uh, the oppressed state of East Germany into West Germany, the non-oppressed side. And so you talk about an immoral wall, that was an immoral wall. And uh, that one person was a young lady that, uh, that uh, seduced some East German sailors to get on their East German patrol boat and uh, take her out for a ride. And uh, when the boat got close to the American patrol boat toward the middle of the river, she then jumped off, swam over to the American patrol boat, and was rescued. Incredible She's story. The only one. She's the only one that escaped during my entire 14 months there. Well, you, a- yeah, you illustrate a great point. Jerry, thank you for your service. That is an incredible story. And to your point, yeah, the, the wall was effective, right? The reason why Ronald Reagan fought so hard, and if you know the history about that, his speechwriter, they, they kept trying to get him to take it out of the speech. He wanted to put it in. They said, no, no, no. And it was not in the final draft of his speech, and he did it anyway tear down this wall because he knew that it needed to come down. Why did it need to come down? Because it was effective. Uh, and, and that is the reason why 77 countries, including 62 since 19, since uh, we're talking same time, about the time the Berlin Wall came down, we've had over 60 walls go up around the world because of problems like what we've got at our southern border. And what have we seen? Well, where we have wall, it's a heck of a lot more effective than not, right? Uh, So that's the dirty little secret here. Once again, the only mandated responsibility of your federal government, which means that every one of your 530 members of Congress, the only thing, the only thing they must do is keep us safe. So why is it that something that is fundamental? Who do you listen to in these circumstances? Do you listen to the folks in the field and, you know, in business or, or just being kind of smart generally? If it's not your area of expertise, how is it that you go about trying to perform the best to succeed? 
you listen to the people that do the job, right? And, and they'll tell you, here are the resources that we need to carry out our job effectively. So for the first time ever, what happened with the Border Patrol? For the first time ever, they endorsed a presidential candidate, and it was Donald Trump. Why? Because of the wall. What do they say to this day? They need it. They need it. The folks that we task with protecting the border say they need it. If you knew nothing else, if you knew nothing else, that would be enough. But it's not for Chuck Schumer and for Nancy Pelosi and company. Think about how evil that really is. Those people put their lives on the line every day they go to work. They're saying we need this to help us, to help us do our job, to help keep us safe, to help keep the country safe. And Chuck Schumer says, screw you. Screw you. That's really what he's saying. Nancy Pelosi says, screw you. You're not helping our agenda. You go out there, you put your life on the line. That's your problem, not ours. When, again, it's the only constitutionally mandated responsibility they have. How evil is that? All right, let's go to Rob in Maryland. Rob, go. How you doing? Hey, all good. All right. Hey, look, um, I'm going to disagree with you um, because that I agree with the president that our uh, immigration system is a joke at the livestock of the world. And I do agree with him that something needs to be done. I just don't agree that a wall, a physical wall, is the best and most effective uh, long-term solution. Um, because so I help me out here, and, and I'll, I'll walk with you on this thought process. If the Border Patrol and the folks that are down there, that are tasked with doing the job, say they need it, why is it that you necessarily think they're wrong? That's, that's not a consensus. There are some people that also think... That is a consensus. That, no, that's not the consensus, because... They're represent- they have representation, Rob, and the representation asked for that, and they endorsed the president. People who are experts in this area, and there's not a consensus, Rob, even with the Border Patrol, that that's the best, <laughs> most effective it, it, way. I think you're you're confusing unanimous with consensus uh, because ultimately it, it was such a consensus that again for the first time ever your border patrol endorsed a presidential candidate and it was Donald Trump because the consensus of the border patrols that they needed it to carry out their job. So I mean I, I'm open to disagreeing in the arena of ideas, but that just is not accurate. But I appreciate you you reaching out and I want to go to uh, someone who I spend a fair amount of time with. Uh, someone who knows a thing or two about a wall actually was part of America's voices in Israel uh, back during the uh, the war in the early days of the war in Iraq. Uh, former co-host in Savannah, Bill from uh, WTKS in Savannah. Bill, I know you know a thing or two about the wall in Israel. Uh, Brian, it's great to talk with you. Yes. Uh, and I'm enjoying your show tonight. The, we were doing our show from Israel in 2004, shortly after they had built that wall that they put up. And we got a great tour from a fellow named Jonathan Davis, who took us down the wall. And one of the things is he said, do we have to build this or, or do, do, do we want to build this? I said, no, we'd rather spend this money on education. We'd rather spend this money on something else. But we are obligated to build this wall. And they're Terrorism dropped 98% as soon as the wall went up. And we see to this day how incredibly effective it is. Indeed. Well, I appreciate... Way down. Yeah, no, I I appreciate uh, you reaching out. And uh, again, a great man right there, Bill, who uh, spent many years with in in mornings in Savannah, WTKS there, uh, my my old stomping grounds. All right, uh, now coming up, 
the shutdown fiasco that's going on. I, I th- There are a few things that grind my gears more than this one. Uh, because it's made out to be something that it so incredibly isn't. And that is something that generally has much relevance at all. In fact, I would argue, I would argue that I, I, I believe we might be better off as a country if we did have a partial government shutdown. And I'll explain starting next. I'm Brian Mudd, in for the great one. Mud Lovin. This has happened to you. It's Brian Mudd in for Mark Levin. You'll be uh, you'll be out and about somewhere, and all of a sudden you see that you're connected to Wi-Fi, and it's like, oh, whoa, how how that happened? And then you start thinking, what what am I doing? What am I doing on my phone? What am I, I doing on my tablet? And you get worried because you know that you might be susceptible. It happens all the time. People make mistakes. You forget about it. You leave settings on. You use Wi-Fi in public places, and you put yourself at risk. And, and so you don't want to do that. And there is a better way. There's a way to protect you. There's a way to ensure that no one, no hackers are going to grab your passwords or your credit card information. You, you can protect yourself with the service that Mark uses. It's ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN makes it super, super simple for anyone, anyone to stay secure online. ExpressVPN, it hides your IP address. It encrypts all of your data online. And we're talking encryption. I mean, nobody's getting through that. Uh, that. That means no one can see what you do on the Internet with ExpressVPN. Not even the NSA. The government, they aren't going to crack that. The ExpressVPN app, simple, right? So 90 seconds, that's all it takes to set up on your computer or phone, and, and boom, you're protected. So if you want to protect yourself from hackers and spies, visit ExpressVPN.com slash Mark to get the special offer. Three months free. Three months free with a one-year package right now. It's expressvpn.com slash mark for three months free with that one-year package. So don't risk your online data any longer. Visit expressvpn.com slash mark today. It's interesting that these uh, allegations against the president are coming from his own Justice Department. This is not about Robert Mueller. This is about the Justice Department. So we'll see how they pursue it. Oh, Nancy, it's coming from his own Justice Department. Oh, you are so funny. Yes, Donald Trump's Justice Department. The Justice Department that, aside from Mr. Magoo, uh, who who is, uh, what is Mr. Magoo doing anymore anyway? I'm sure Sessions is back in Alabama going, hey, you know, I was the Justice guy for a while. Uh, but anyway, I mean, nice man, but Mr. Magoo is out, and, and so we have somebody borderline uh, competent right now while we're awaiting somebody who uh, is a blast from the past, Mr. Barr, who was our former attorney general under our 41st president to uh, to return to that post, which gives me some hope about the Justice Department going forward. But who has been, for the duration of the Trump presidency, uh, the acting attorney general for all intents and purposes? Oh, that's right, Rod Rosenstein. Rod Rose, and, and what has, uh, who else has been there? Oh, that's right, Bruce Orr. Now, who those people happen to, oh, that's right, co-conspirators. Co-conspirators, along with Comey and company, against Donald Trump. All part uh, of the conspiracy with the bogus steel dossier, the fraudulent finds a warrant request, 
Yeah, that is, Nancy, Trump's Justice Department. But nice try. I mean, I, I know you do count on most people watching fake news, listening to fake news, and being as ignorant as you would like them to be. But even you're not that dumb. By the way, speaking of things that are not as they appear, going to get to the uh, the government shutdown stuff coming up next hour because that is such a ball a bull but so is this remember how media and the marxists are our friends on the left how they conditioned us that the entire world hated us the moment that we elected donald trump to become president you might even remember uh, even before he's president remember those stories about americans fleeing literally fleeing the united states for canada I mean, that was a thing, right? Well, funny things happen. Funny things happen. And it comes to us from Gallup. Gallup actually just completed a worldwide study. And uh, guess what? They found uh, something a little bit interesting. I'm sure this is another one of those details that just overlooked by your mainstream news media. 158 million people. Okay? 158 million people. Who, Who are these people? Oh, these are people who want to live permanently in the United States, from outside the United States. Yep, that's right. Uh, Gallup's worldwide study, taking a look at uh, people from around the world and where they would like to live and relocate to permanently if they could leave their existing country. Number one in the world, and it wasn't close, was the United States of America. 158 million people. Now, to put that in perspective, that's essentially half of the existing population of this country. Canada was second at 47 million. 21% of all people around the world want to, who want to relocate to another country want to come here. Second, Canada and Germany at 6%. Now, huh, funny thing happened on the way to the world really hating us when Donald Trump became president. It's almost like, uh, you know, when we were lectured by our media that, well, look, the French, French, Emmanuel Macron, who likes to tax croissants along with his gas. It, 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 remember how they were lecturing us that uh, oh, Trump isn't liked in France? Well, we were supposed to like Macron, right? Well, his own people clearly did not like him. In fact, uh, ironically, last I saw, Trump actually has a higher approval rating or favorability rating in France than the French, French, Emmanuel Macron. You want a croissant with that? But anyway, you get an idea of what could go wrong here in this country if we didn't mind the store with our borders, if we didn't really take seriously legal immigration. Just a few problems. 150 million people say just want to come pouring across the border. Details, right? Details. And everybody hates America because it's Donald Trump. I'm Brian Mudd in for the great one. Mark Lopez. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. It's really unfortunate that the president has decided that he would shut down government at a time uh, when the markets are in a mood where people are losing their jobs in some industries, the auto industry for one. Uh, where there's uncertainty in, uh, in terms of the financial security of America's working families and a holiday season that the president would say he would shut down government. 
Oh, gosh. She is pure entertainment. If you don't get caught up in the fact that we have to take her seriously, unfortunately, I mean, she really is a caricature of herself. Ah, good old Nancy. I mean, isn't it enjoyable that she cares about the stock market when it's in a mood? Which, by the way, when was the last time you heard anyone other than Nancy Pelosi referred to uh, a, a stock market correction as being in a, it's in a mood. Uh, maybe that's what the San Franciscan elites say. Yes, what's, what's happening in the side? Well, it's in a bit of a mood today. Uh, in the real world, Nancy, <laughs> that's not how people talk. Uh, but the, the real world isn't something that you've operated in uh, for quite some time because it's also hilarious to, for her to, and, and some people are, are losing some, some job. <clears throat> Here we sit with the lowest unemployment rate in 49 years. Lowest unemployment rate during the course of the year. We've set all these records. Record low unemployment for black adults. Imagine, imagine if you had a Democrat who was president and you had record low unemployment for black adults. How heroic they would be for their economic policy, right? Uh, We've had record low unemployment this year for women. Imagine if a Democrat were president and we had record low unemployment for women. What a hero they would be. Right. Okay. Uh, We've had record low unemployment for Native Americans. Yeah. Uh, And that's right. We've had record low unemployment for Hispanics. Huh. Now, interestingly enough, I mean, aren't all of these minority groups supposed to be the folks that Chuck and Nancy cater to? Now, why is it? It's a funny thing when they're putting all of their focus on making life better for them. Why is it that somehow or another it's worse? And why is it that the guy who hates them, you know, is someone who conducts a war on women, uh, someone who is a racist, someone who uh, just doesn't like uh, the, the, the rank and file person that would immigrate into this country? Why is it that all of these various different groups have experienced record low unemployment? I mean, if he really doesn't like them, he, he's not doing a good job of showing them how much he really dislikes them. It's a funny thing about all of that. I am uh, your your South Florida friend, by the way. It is Brian Mutt, uh, and I uh, do my show here at the uh, Morning Rush, WJNO, in West Palm Beach. And uh, I, I take an hour, and I jaunt to Miami, and I do a show, uh, the Brian Mutt Show, WIOD in Miami, uh, Fox News guest contributor, and it is always truly a pleasure uh, to be here and uh, spend a little time with you as a guest uh, host for the great one, Mark Levin. And Mark will be back with all of us next week. Now, in the grand scheme of, of facades, the government shutdown. Ah, yes. <sighs> now, you being a bit more educated than the average, without a doubt, know that the entire premise of a government shutdown is a crock of BS. I wish when we had a government shutdown, we did a better job of shutting down the government. We really aren't very effective at shutting down the government. Now, early in the show, I was putting the emphasis on the one thing that our federal government is actually constitutionally mandated to do, and that happens to be protecting us. Defense of of us, of the people. It's the only thing that must happen. It's the non-negotiable. And it's part of the reason, a major part of the reason, we never had a permanent 
income tax in this country, not a permanent federal income tax, until the 16th Amendment, not until 1913. Somehow or another, we managed to go, no, well, over 100 years as a country through everything we went through, through all the wars, including the civil, and yet we still did not have a permanent federal income tax. Why? Well, because we just use money for the basics, like defense. And when you do things like that, rather than trying to play, I don't know, whatever many of these agencies that I don't think even the people in the agencies necessarily could recite to you, uh, you really don't need a whole heck of a lot of money. See, the thing about a partial government shutdown is that even in the grand scheme of it being partial, we barely scratched the surface. Now, the first thing about them, it's always been made to seem like things are worse more recently, especially in the era of Trump, right? So the first reason why these partial government shutdowns, why they have come about is there was actually a change that took place in Congress in 1976. They changed the budget process, and the reason they changed it was just for this, so they could increase partisan leverage in Congress. So since 1976, when you had a changing of the budget rules, we have had 20, 20 partial government shutdowns, nine have actually reached the stage where certain agencies and their employees are furloughed. The most recent actually took place in January. Remember that one, that uh, partial government shutdown, I think, took place for like a Friday night into a Saturday morning, and and then it was done? Anyway, the government, even at that point, some people think, well, you know, it must just be money in, money out, uh, you know, pay-go kind of thing. I wish it were. It's not. We still take on debt even while we're in the partial government shutdown. Now, what actually takes place? Well, The Office of Management and Budget, which is currently led by Mick Mulvaney, he ultimately determines what's going to stay open and what doesn't. Obviously, the president could have a lot to say in what those priorities are. Now, you're ready for the average impact. The average impact is that only about 20% of the federal government is partially shut down. Now, you might hear that number. Even sometimes, I will on a rare occasion in the MSM, Come across the the 20% or you've seen 25% floated with the one that uh, might happen here. That might sound big. And I really wish it were. Do you know how many federal government agencies we have? Give you a minute to think about this. You ready? All right. You got a number? How many federal government agencies do we have? The answer is 430. Yep. 430. I mean, almost one for every member of the House of Representatives. Isn't that cute? Why don't we just create another five real quick just so they can each have one they preside over? How about that? 430 federal government agencies. Okay? So when you're talking about 20% or so of 430 federal agencies, how much freaking government is still taking place? (laughs) I mean, hey oh, and... During the 2013 shutdown, the one that was most recently of somewhat significance, you had 17% of the federal agencies that were impacted. Now, when you boil this down, you had Congress, as I mentioned, in the 70s that created this process to make it more difficult so they could try to get through what they would want to. When you take a look at the number of partial government shutdowns we've had, we've averaged one about every two years since. Now, the only reason that it seems like a rarer occurrence, media manipulation. 
you might remember the showdowns between Newt and Clinton, right? The media made a big deal of that. Then the media made a big deal when Republicans took control of Congress and fought back against Obama. And, of course, everything's a big deal when it's Donald Trump because he's evil. He's Donald Trump. Okay. Now, with the OMB largely making the priority determinations about what stays open and what doesn't, you get a sense, actually, of what the priorities are of a current administration. See, one of the fallacies of the Obama shutdown of 2013, remember how he really made sure that we were aware of it, right? Things that you might interact with. The Parks Service, the National Park Service, that was one of those that, that was shut down, right? And, and President Obama knew how to manipulate his friends in the media. And so what happened? With, like, the Park Service, well, you'd have all the media folks, local to national, that'd go out there and go, look at these families. They can't do what they're going to do. Vacations are ruined. And, oh, my gosh, the evil congressional Republicans did this to you. Never mind the fact that all President Obama had to do was sign what they had passed if it really were that big of a deal. But notwithstanding, here's the dirty little secret of that. That partial government shutdown with the National Park Service in 2013. See, I remember uh, when, when I saw our friends in the national news media, when they would go there to do their shots of the families that were being rejected, I noticed there were actually people that were physically there to reject them. Now, if you have people that are physically there to reject them, what does that tell you? They're going to be federal employees, right? Hmm. Now, wouldn't that require money? Yeah, it would. Now, having actually been a big fan of national parks, my wife and I are, having been uh, to many national parks, I'm aware that you don't really have many park rangers. In fact, many times you don't even have somebody there at the odds that we're going into a national park at all. So that we had people there turning people away made me go, hmm. So I did a little digging, and a funny thing happened on the way to the partial government shutdown, shutting down your national parks. In 2013, it actually ended up costing the federal government more money to shut down those parks than it would have to have kept them open. It was the choice of the Obama administration to manipulate the media. That's all it was. Because, again, it's a joke. The entire idea of a partial government shutdown is a bad joke. How bad of a joke? Well, I'm going to begin to get into that 430 federal agency thing to paint even a bit broader of a picture for you about how ridiculous it is that we're even having this conversation about woe is whomever. And, yeah, I don't, as a taxpayer, exactly feel bad uh, because if a federal employee gets furloughed for a period of time because I don't view it as my responsibility as a taxpayer to employ federal employees who have average benefits around 120000 a year when the average American makes under fifty. No, just me, but yeah, I'm evil, I'm sure. Uh, we'll get into that next. I'm Brian Mudd, in for the great one. Mud Lovin. president appears to be clinging to his demand for billions of dollars for a border wall. And from what we saw in the Oval Office and news reports about his reaction after our meeting, President Trump is willing to throw a temper tantrum and shut down the government unless he gets his way. I want to be crystal clear. There will be no additional appropriations to pay for the border wall. It's done. (laughs) 
Ah, you know, John Kerry might have uh, voted for it before he voted against it. But Chuck Schumer and uh, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, I mean, man, did they take that to a whole new level when they voted for the funding for the border wall before it's done. I mean, we can't even have that conversation. Wow, how far to the left your party has moved in just 12 years. And it's fascinating about how you don't care about the only federally mandated responsibility of your job, which is the protection of this country. I'm sure it has nothing to do with politics. Kind of like the government shutdown that you're talking about. I do get a kick, by the way, out of listening to uh, uh, Nancy and Chuck and Nancy. The Chuck and Nancy show tried to do their best Trump. You've heard them trying to brand this as the Trump shutdown, right? Obviously, uh, the president has made an art form out of branding uh, people with things. And so they're trying real hard to do the Trump shutdown. Well, there is a a big part of me that is rooting for a Trump shutdown, Uh, not just because border security is an important priority. And if we don't have security, then nothing else is really going to matter. But more to the point here. I think we just have a little more guy, just a little bit more federal government than is necessary. See, uh, I mentioned just a bit ago that we have 430 federal agencies right now. 430. Seem like the appropriate number to you. Now, I have long advanced this idea, and I really would like somebody to take me up on it in, in Congress somewhere along the way. Here is my thought. We have five. 135 people that we elect to Congress on our behalf. They are there to represent our interests, right? 535 of them, 430 federal government agencies. My thought is we give a pen and a piece of paper to every single one of them, all 535. And if just one, just one, Of those 535 can name your agency, it stays. See, with that pen and paper, they sit there and they write the name of every federal agency they can think of. They they fund it all, right? They fund all 430 of these. So you would think, you would think that they would know the names of the federal agencies they're funding. Or at least between the 535 of them, they could come up with it, right? Is that really so much to ask? I certainly don't think so. So my thought is... Uh, you, you play it that way. And, uh, you know, if nobody names your agency, we shut the dang thing down permanently. That would not be a, a, a you know, partial temporary government shutdown. That would be a partial permanent government shutdown, something that I endorse. I'm Brian Mudd, and I approve that message. I have a feeling it would be more significant than even the 20% or so Uh, closing of government agencies during a partial government shutdown. You see, if this partial government shutdown happens yet again, how much government will remain open? Uh, About 344-ish federal government agencies that I don't know, but I would be surprised if could be named. The ones that remain open, the ones that are considered, quote, essential services. What do you want to bet that all 344 of them could be named? by at least one member in Congress. Anybody want to take me up on a bet on that one? Just curious, right? So that is the fallacy, the joke, the lie of a government shutdown. It doesn't shut down. And there's more government that stays open, that's considered essential, than you have the first clue about. But we pay people an average about $120,000 per year. 
reaped all their benefits to occupy those federal government agencies. And then we're supposed to feel guilty when we, at an average salary in this country of under $50,000, are having to pay for them to do whatever the hell it is that they do in an agency that we don't know exists, that members of Congress most certainly would not be able to name. I mean, who's fooling who here? And we also tend to forget one of the more important points in all of this. Who works for who? See, one of the things I really get annoyed by is when my employees, when those who work for me, dictate to me the way things are going to be. Not so cool at that point. See, all these people work for us. And that's true of you, too. Even if you're a leftist, they work for you, too. And why is it that you would want to work, pay the taxes that you do, to have a government agency that you don't know exists, that they couldn't name, to have to stay open and have your friends in the media make us feel guilty about it? Do you feel guilty about it? Do you feel bad? Oh, my gosh, it's the holidays. It's the holidays for you, too, making an average salary of under 50000 a year, having to pay the taxes, trying to provide for your family. So who's fooling who and who's working for who? Two sides to stories, one side to facts. And by the way, the average federal spending is about $11 billion per day. So with about a 20% federal government partial shutdown, we have potential savings of about $2.2 billion per day or just over $800 billion per year. Guess what? With a partial government shutdown, we'd actually have a chance of balancing the budget, which is why I'm Brian Mudd, and I endorse a partial government shutdown. Oh, yeah, but it'll hurt the economy, hurt the economy. Uh, the government doesn't have anything that they don't take from us. Remember that. I think we do better than they do. I'm Brian Mudd, and for the great one, Mark Levin. Levin, the George S. Patton of Talk Radio. Call him at 877-381-3811. That's 877-381-3811. I am Brian Mudd, in for the great one, Mark Levin. Now, technology is great. We, we love it. We enjoy it. Until we find out some of what is done with it that's not so great. And then it's like, uh-oh, well, what do we do about this? And let me ask you, how comfortable are you with technology that tracks your car? And a lot of cars have this technology built in automatically going back to 2004. Do you even know about it in your car? Uh, but, yeah, you, technology that tracks your car, your, your phone, I mean, you know about that. It, it, what about where you use your bank, your, your credit card? Well, you, you're definitely not going to feel good if you owe money to the IRS. And get this, the IRS, well, they're using all of this technology, along with their army of tax collectors. Well, well, they're going to do everything they can to track you down, to get the information, to get that money. If the IRS hasn't caught up with you yet, or even if they're already sending you the letters that are threatening collection, well, Optima Tax Relief can help. Optima can help stop those demand letters, stop the aggressive collections actions, uh, and just take the heat off of you. And all that technology that's tracking you, uh, I mean, it, it can stop. It can stop. Optima Tax Relief. Now, Optima, they've resolved over a half billion in tax debt for their clients. And they're experts in IRS, the uh, Fresh Start Initiative. So take advantage of it. Why deal with this problem needlessly when you can call for your free consultation when you still have options? So it's 800 
800-499-6300. That's 800-499-6300. Well, I want somebody that's strong, but I want somebody that thinks like I do. It's my vision. It's, it is my vision, after all. At the same time, I'm open to ideas. All right, uh, so here is the, the thing, as he's talking about his chief of staff there. Uh, yeah, there, there's a good one. So remember uh, that uh, he said, I got about 10. Uh, last week he said, I got about 10. Uh, now he's saying there, there are five good ones. So, so I'm guessing he's weeded out the, the mediocre options uh, for chief of staff, and we will see what happens there shortly. Now, uh, throughout the course of the show, I've been talking about everything from the border wall to the partial government shutdown most recently. And uh, we have Jay, who knows probably a thing or two about uh, border thoughts, given that he's in Phoenix, Arizona. Jay, welcome to the show. Go. Hello, Mark. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Mr. Mudd. Um, I'm, first off, I'm staunchly independent. I did not vote for Donald Trump, but I did support a Republican. It was Carly Fiorina, so I'm not a leftist, liberal, psychopath. <laughs> but that being said, I keep hearing from you and others on this station, Fox, what have you, well, Democrats supported this in 2006. Well, in 2006, we had a Republican president. Why didn't it happen then? If Republicans were so behind this and Democrats were behind this, it sounds like you had all the make should have had a wall already down the border back in 2008, 2007. I, I'm not understanding. He keeps talking about hypocrisy, but I think Republicans have displayed immense republic, uh, hypocrisy. I'm, uh, I'm going to answer your question by asking you another one real quick. You know how big and expansive the area is that potentially requires wall or that the Border Patrol is desirous of having wall. I mean, it's a big deal, right? I mean, just your state in Arizona, you're talking about a big stretch, right? How long do you think it takes to build that? Excuse me? I'm sorry. How long do you think it takes to build that? It's going to take years. You got it. And that's it, brother. That's it. But, but well, the answer to, well, I, I'm going to answer your question. I'm going to answer your question here. Uh, so the answer is it did pass in 2006, and the money was appropriated. And you're right. George W. Bush was president. And what ended up happening is work was underway. A lot of the repairs, a lot of the additional wall that you uh, have heard and, and seen the president even talk about, uh, that was built off of what passed in 2006. But – to your point, it would take years. And it wasn't enough money to do everything, certainly, that Donald Trump wants to do. But a funny thing happened in January of 2009. Barack Obama became president. We were mired in the Great Recession. And so people weren't paying really any attention to the border wall at that point. We all were far more worried about simply taking care of our families, our jobs, and the holy cow, what's going to happen next in the economy? And by executive action, President Obama made it stop, which was all the more ironic because he was one of the senators who did vote for it in 2006. So the answer is, yes, they voted for it. Yes, that money was being utilized to work on the wall. And yes, President Obama made it stop. And I even would have bought potentially the idea that President Obama was simply being careful fiscally because we were in the Great Recession. And so maybe it wasn't the best use of our funds at the federal level to continue with the border wall, given that maybe it wasn't we didn't have you know people uh, caravans at the the southern border at that point. Well, but the issue became the stimulus plan because it was only a matter of months before. 
those shovel-ready jobs, the shovel-ready jobs, uh, we're, we're going to be uh, taking care. Our infrastructure would be fixed in this country because we took on about $900 billion of debt. And, and still to this day, the only thing I remember about that was driving around, taking a look at, you remember seeing those signs. We had those signs uh, on roads that said, this is being paid for by, you know, whatever the official name of it was. But it was the, you know, the, the omnibus, uh, you know, stimulus plan, Obama stimulus plan. And uh, I remember seeing those signs, but I never remember seeing people work. And I would comment to my wife, it's fascinating. Uh, you know, I'm sure any day now, something's going to happen here. And then it never really seemed to, but the money definitely got spent. And we definitely took on that debt. Uh, that did end up happening. So that's where even the economic argument, the fiscally sound argument, uh, fall, fell flat with me. So it was clear that President Obama did what he thought was the politically expedient thing to do in 2006. And when he became president and could stop it, he did. Which, again, I say shows not only the hypocrisy, but also to this point, uh, how far left the Democratic Party has moved since 2006. Given that you did have prominent Democrats, including Chuck Schumer. Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton that voted for it in the Senate. And now we can't even have a conversation about it. Want to go to Kevin in Illinois. Kevin, go. That's a great historical story there. I like that. That's very nice. It's answering a few of my questions. I actually saw that you were bringing up the stimulus, and I was like, a great minds think alike here because that (laughs) actually was where I was going coming off of Jay. Cool. Yeah, man. Get a lottery ticket, man. We'll, we'll win this. But, uh, <laughs> hey, well, what I'm thinking, you know, if they want to cut the cake and if they want to cut this, um, I think Mr. Obama, I'm Obama, sorry, uh, Trump, if, if he would go out and say this, this wall is going to be taken care of by great organized labor, great people who work, American workers, and use it as a stimulus, I think... When it comes to the Democratic people, they're not going to turn their back on their workers and their supporters who support them so much. If they do, it's their own uh, guillotine. And you got to remember, we get a third of that money back through taxes. I think it's a great thing to go that way. You know, I like for your opinion on it. And uh, yeah, you know, I mean, very, very- it. it- it's an interesting thought. I appreciate it, Kevin. It's, uh, you know, the, the messaging. If anybody could sell that, certainly it would be the president. But, you know, it is funny because uh, even as far as, like, unions go, the, the Border Patrol, you know, unionized. And they wanted this. And so I find it interesting. You'll often see this. Unions are the backbone of the Democratic Party. You know, the, the working man and everything else, right up until the point where there's a disagreement, which we've seen quite a bit in law enforcement and various different ranks for several years now. And, uh, you know, suddenly, you know, those unions are not the backbone anymore. And we'll find someone who still backs us. Like, you know, let's where's Trump? Go? All right, he'll, he'll have our back. You know, and, and that becomes what, you know, ultimately what you're talking about here is, hey, get those folks involved. Yeah, maybe. It's interesting. I don't know who would be best qualified to be able to do that or the economics of relocating certain types of unionized folks down to the southern border. Uh, I, I'm not in, in, informed enough to be able to uh, to make that kind of call. But the messaging on it is an interesting thought. Let's go to Michael in Gainesville, Florida. Michael, go. Hey, Brian, you're doing a great job backing Appreciate up uh, the great one there. Um, hey, listen, I thought it was interesting. Uh, yesterday, the Washington Post, if anybody could be more left, um, told basically in an article was telling the Democrats, hey, you, sh- you should take the Trump's deal. He's going to save the DACA recipients. So 
why not give him his wall if he's willing to save the DACA recipients? I just think it's, you know, if the Washington <laughs> Post is calling yeah. you out, maybe, you know, that, you know, that kind of should mean something. I say go for using defense funding, let the Democrats make fools out of themselves, and then use the, you know, use defense funding to build the wall. I mean, that's, if that's the way to get it done, then do it. I don't care how he gets it done. It just needs to get done. Yeah, Michael, you're actually highlighting a, a very interesting point. And, and there, this is one of those kind of teachable moment things as well. You're talking about the Washington Post. They're saying, hey, take the deal. You know, get DACA and, uh, and let's have the wall. And the thing is, if you mentally wander back the, the previous time or two that we had this debate, that was an offer that was on the table. You had many mainstream left-of-center people, including folks that might be at the Washington Post, for example, that were on board with that notion. Once upon a time, Nancy Pelosi herself was even saying, yeah, we, we might could do something like that. And, of course, they were not sincere politically, but some on the left. You know, one thing to remember is that you not everybody is corrupt and, and dishonest inherently in their thought process. There are many people that are left of center that are altruistic in their intent. We might disagree. It's an honest disagreement in the arena of ideas. It's why I talk about the premise and there being two sides to stories and one side of facts. Once we've established the premise, once we have established the facts, if you disagree, my God, we're all Americans. God bless you. Now we can have a conversation, and we can disagree in the arena of ideas. Uh, and, but when you're dishonest, when your intent is, is false, well, that's all going to fall flat. And what I would suggest to you is likely the Washington Post writer that you're talking about or the editorial side, uh, they were altruistic. They, they, they believed in that, and, and that's why they're pushing on it. But Nancy Pelosi, Chuck and Nancy, uh, they were not. They were being dishonest, as they have been known to be, and hypocritical for quite some time now. Uh, and so, uh, interesting dichotomy. Uh, let's go to Dale in New Jersey. Dale, go. Hey, good evening. I like the way President Trump handled uh, Ms. Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Um, 77 countries have border walls. And a similar parallel, Doug Sattel, S-I-T-T-E-L, on Google, you clip uploads yep. on YouTube, you scroll yep. to the last box. Time. I appreciate it, Dale. I, I, I appreciate it. And you're right. Uh, the 77 uh, countries I was talking about earlier in the show. And, uh, you know, that's the most pervasive form of bias in the media. It's omission. Ah, uh, there's plenty of that. <laughs> I'm Brian Mudd, in for the great one. Mud Lovin'. Mud in for the great one, Mark Levin. All right, when it uh, comes to your family safety, and w- what's your dollar amount? And you go, uh, you know, I, I'm good for five bucks. Five bucks on my, my family safety. How about ten? All right, ten. Yeah. Come on, you don't you don't put a price on your family safety, and certainly not the security on the road. And that's why Mark has an extended vehicle protection service from Car Shield. With Car Shield, they make the process of fixing your car so super easy for covered repairs. You can have your favorite mechanic, your favorite dealership do the work. I mean, so you get to use everybody you want to. It's your choice. And CarShield, they also provide 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while your car is being fixed. I mean, it's great. It takes the worry out of that entire process, and that's free. Those services, the roadside assistance, the rental car, 
Car Shield administrators. They paid out close to $2 billion in claims, and they're ready to help you. So save yourself thousands in future car repairs. Have peace of mind for you and your family. Get covered uh, by the ultimate in extended vehicle protection, just like Mark does. Call 800-CAR-6100. Mention the code LEVIN. That's 800-CAR-6100. The code is LEVIN. So carshield.com, code LEVIN, or call 800-CAR-6100. Remember, the code is LEVIN. I stand here today recognizing that I have had the good fortune during my time in the Senate to have been surrounded by supremely smart and dedicated staff, some of whom have worked for me for my entire 18 years in Washington. (laughs) I heard that today, and all I could think of, and there was much rejoicing. Hey! It's like they're forced to eat Robin's minstrels. I mean, come on. You know what that was? Anybody know what that was? That was the grand fa- farewell from for Jeff Flake. That was his final moment on the Senate floor. Oh, my gosh. And I can still just see Donald Trump going, he's a flake. What are you going to do? Uh, pretty great stuff. Uh, we're we're going to miss you, Jeff Flake. Fair, farewell. Fear thee well. All right, uh, speaking of, of something that is actually well, the American dream, the American dream. Funny thing about it, we're just talking about the uh, Great Recession and the Obama years and all that stuff. Well, you remember not all that long ago that the narrative about the American dream, it was dead, right? It was toasty. Kids were no longer going to be able to do better than their parents. We got those stories for years, right? It's going to be the first generation. Millennials are going to be the first generation that are not going to do better than their parents. This was all part of the Occupy Wall Street movement. This was all part of what led to the burn. We need to make things equal because we just can't get that. We can't do well. Never mind the fact we had a quasi-socialist president and a crappy economy that came along with it. It's what happens when you have 1.8% economic growth when the average U.S. economic growth has been over 3%. So a funny thing has happened. A funny thing has happened in a little more than a year of making the U.S. economy great again. So here we are, barely more than a year into the first normal U.S. economy, which is over 3% growth. And... All of that has not only gone out the window about millennials not doing better than their parents. Get this. Millennials are smoking their pair. They are besting any generation in U.S. history. And, yes, when you adjust for inflation. I mean, crushing it. So this came from the Pew Research Center earlier this week. Take a look at adults between the ages of 22 to 37. All right, so at the same time, the same age, boomers, their household income, adjusted for inflation, 42700 bucks. all right? 42,700, boomers, all right? Xers, at the same age, income, 449. okay? So what are millennials doing? Get this. Average millennial household at the same age as boomers and Xers. Fifty-two thousand eight hundred dollars. 
I mean, that is a freaking fantastic storyline. Millennials making 24% more, 24% more than boomers at the same age, and 18% more than Xers. And all it took was making the economy great again. A little bit of a continued testament to the power of American free enterprise. You know, when government gives us a little bit of room to succeed. And I say again for all the folks who get worried about millennials, oh, you know, they're lost forever. Remember, every generation, every generation that starts out young skews left. And over the course of time, family formation happens. They actually have a real life, and they go, wow, I have to pay all these taxes, and well, I have a family. Those types of things tend to skew a little bit more conservatively. All right, Mark then. Great One is going to be back with you next week. I'm going to be back with you for the Great One in the new year. I wish you the merriest of Christmases and uh, hope you have a a wonderful holiday season. Stay informed, be well, and uh, we'll we'll see you next time. Brian Mudd, always an honor being in for the Great One. Mark Levin.